KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Monday, May 3rd. PPP loans largely went to the white and wealthy in San Diego. More on that next, but first... Let's do the headlines. Firefighters are currently battling a wildfire near Shelter Valley that broke out on Saturday evening. The fires burned 6,500 acres and is 25% contained as of this morning. About 500 residents were evacuated from the Butterfield Ranch campground. According to Cal Fire San Diego, three structures were destroyed. Four people are dead after a boat suspected of human smuggling sank near Point Loma on Sunday. That's according to Border Patrol officials. 29 people were rescued and then taken to various hospitals in San Diego. Officials say the boat crashed into the shoreline near Cabrillo National Monument and then capsized. The Colorado River that feeds various irrigations and water supplies in California is preparing to declare its first official water shortage later this year. Ted Cook is the general manager of the Central Arizona Project. Pain is related to loss in this case, and it is a loss of a supply that we have been accustomed to up to this point. Certain water users have, and they are no longer going to have that. He says his agency is trying to mitigate the shortage, but some users will be left without a water supply. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by... Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon. Hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. A centerpiece of the federal government's response to the pandemic was a massive cash infusion for businesses called the Paycheck Protection Program, or PPP. But KPBS investigative reporter Claire Tregesser says there was a big disparity in how that money was given out in San Diego and elsewhere, and it favored white and wealthy areas. The Corona family had long dreamed of opening a Mexican restaurant in their hometown of Imperial Beach. And in early 2020, they were on their way. Then came the pandemic. When we were getting ready to open, it was already, you know, everything was closed and everything was completely different for us. Tanya Corona opened for takeout orders in April, but still struggled to make rent. So when the Federal Paycheck Protection Program, or PPP, was announced, Corona immediately went to her bank to try to get funding. And they said I, I, wouldn't, I didn't qualify for the one they were offering because my business was so new. And the requirements they had were to submit, you know, payroll and uh, two years tax returns, things like that, that I just I didn't have because I just opened up the business. The Corona family's story is one that became all too common in San Diego County and throughout the country during 2020. Trillions of federal dollars were sloshing through the economy, but relatively few were ending up in the pockets of business owners in underserved places like Imperial Beach. When you look at the share of businesses receiving loans, there is a stark divide between North and South County. 
the success rate for applicants from census tracts in Imperial Beach, San Ysidro, Nestor, and Paradise Hills, mainly low-income areas with large minority populations, was 5% or less. But travel north to affluent, mostly white census tracts in places like Carlsbad, Poway, and Encinitas, and the success rates are 96% or above. The primary reason for this inequity is that PPP loans were distributed by banks, and many small, minority-owned businesses lack existing banking relationships, says Mark Herbert, a small business advocate. The basic fundamental problem is that our financing system for small businesses in this country does not work really well for the smallest businesses. And so when you build a program and just bolt it on top of our existing commercial financing system, um, it's going to exacerbate the problems that had already existed even before the pandemic. The data show vast inequity in San Diego County. Lenders gave 61% of loans to businesses in majority white census tracts and just under 12% to businesses in majority Latinx census tracts. So yeah, we've been in business for eight years now um, and through one pandemic. <laughs> so that's wild. While Corona was barely hanging on in Imperial Beach, Molly Boyd, the owner of Brill Hair Lounge in Carlsbad, was facing her own crisis. In March 2020, she, like hairstylists everywhere, had to close her salon. Her clients didn't take it well. Everybody started panicking, not only like health-wise, but like, I have to look good. I mean, I mean we are in California. It's you know, between social media and all the social platforms. Like, people have to still look good. Later on, despite the stay-at-home orders, she opened the salon for a very select few people. Just to take their extensions out so it wouldn't like, because that will literally like rip their hair out, like make them bald. So um, a few people that we were like, okay, you're kind of a 911. She also applied for a PPP loan from her usual bank and was put on a waiting list. But from that point on, Boyd's experience was very different from Corona's. Other friends and um, people that I know that own small businesses were getting funded all around me. I was kind of like, okay, what are you doing? What, you know, what, what's the secret? Her friends told her about a bank that had no waiting list, and she quickly got funding. The bank, C3 Bank in Encinitas, issued 84% of its loans to businesses in white-majority census tracts. But Boyd doesn't see inequity in the process. If you didn't get it or someone didn't help you try to get it, I mean, you were a small business struggling during a pandemic, yeah, that sucks. Like, big time, I, I bill for you because it, it's not easy. Um, but I also think um, if you didn't put in the time and the work and the extra that you needed to in order to stay afloat, then you're just going to... Again, you're just complaining. It's hard to say like, oh, you didn't have internet. Like it's, it's 2021, like everybody has internet. And if you don't have it, then you better get a new phone or go to a place that has it. Like, I think that's a little unfair, but. A lot of individuals don't have Wi-Fi. They don't have a computer. They don't have a tablet. Imperial Beach Councilman Matthew Leba Gonzalez represents the area that got the lowest rate of loans. He says the challenges go beyond internet connections and phones. 
Many have few, if any, employees, and their prior experiences with banks and other lenders have been more negative than positive. Some of the individuals may have um, felt a little, you know, inferior as far as applying. In recent months, the federal government has tried to give out money more equitably, including setting aside a two-week period where only small businesses in low-income areas can apply. But in the meantime, business owners like Corona in Imperial Beach are looking to the future and hoping for a recovery that will keep them afloat. Right now, she works another full-time job while running the restaurant and taking care of her kids. We have good days and bad days. I think more bad than good right now. She's getting ready to open for in-person dining in the next few weeks and hopes new customers will come to sample her dad's specialty. There we go. You try it. Salmon soup. Claire also spoke with KPBS Midday Edition host Maureen Kavanaugh about her story. Here's that interview. You say that one of the problems with getting a PPP loan for minority-owned small businesses is that fewer of them have relationships with banks. I'm wondering why is that? Well, this is actually something that I covered in the past pre-pandemic. In a story that I did a few years ago, I found that between 2012 and 2016, only about one in five businesses in low-income areas of San Diego County received a bank loan, compared to almost four in five businesses in high-income areas. And when I did the story, I found there were multiple reasons for this, from bad credit to maybe a business owner having fewer assets um, and concerns from banks about lower profits in lower-income neighborhoods. But also at the time, I spoke with business owners in areas like City Heights who didn't even actually try to get a loan. And that was because of fears or you know, stigma about going into debt. Okay, so could it be that one reason fewer loans went to minority communities is because many of the businesses in those communities are family-run or are too small to have employees? The PPP loans were geared toward payroll protection for employees, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, And and that could be part of the reason. The loans say that 60% have to go to covering paychecks, but that can still include yourself or family members. But for people who are sole proprietors, I think some of them thought that it would be better to just shut down the business and go on unemployment, especially early on when they were offering those uh, big checks for unemployment. But I also spoke with a tax accountant in Imperial Beach who said some of his clients really did want to apply for a loan to keep their business going, but because they were maybe gig workers or were paid in cash, um, they didn't always have the necessary documentation. With fewer businesses getting PPP loans in minority communities, did more businesses fail in those areas than in majority white districts? Well, you know, this is something that I would love to know. Uh, I've, I've been working on this, trying to find out exactly how many businesses closed during the pandemic. You would think that that would be an easy question. It's a bit of a complicated question, so kind of stay tuned on that. 
in the story here, we're talking about the actual rate of percentage of businesses that got loans. So using both census data and post office data um, compiled by the nonprofit news organization Reveal, we had an estimate of the total number of eligible businesses in each census tract. And then we looked at the percentage of those businesses that got loans. So for example, in the Imperial Beach census tract that I referenced in the story, there were 142 eligible businesses, according to Reveal's data, and only six of them got loans. You know what I was thinking during your report is, where was, say, the Imperial Beach Chamber of Commerce on giving advice about PPP loans, or the San Ysidro Chamber, or even the San Diego Chamber of Commerce? Aren't those organizations supposed to help the business community? Well, yeah, I I think it's important to remember that Imperial Beach does have its own Chamber of Commerce organization, but it's not nearly as robust as the San Diego Chamber of Commerce. It's run by people who also have other full-time jobs. I did reach out to the Imperial Beach Chamber of Commerce, but wasn't able to connect with anyone for an interview. As I referenced in the story, there were elected officials in Imperial Beach who are trying to do some outreach. There was the councilman for the area and the mayor who are going around to businesses and handing out flyers trying to alert them about the loans. Um, And then I spoke with a tax accountant who I referenced earlier, and he was basically doing free work trying to help business owners submit their applications. So here we are. Now there's another round of PPP loans available. How is the distribution of this funding different? Right. So there is this round of loans that businesses can apply for now. And I spoke with the Small Business Administration, who's um, overseeing the program, and they said they're trying to make changes to improve equity in those loans, including setting aside a two-week period where only small businesses in low-income areas or with less than 100 employees can apply. Um, And then they've authorized more institutions, such as credit bureaus and farming agencies, to give out loans. Um, And they also have additional grants going on right now as well, such as a restaurant relief fund and grants for businesses that have closed. And is any agency giving small business owners better guidance on how this new program works? Well, one thing that's interesting is if you look at uh, areas like City Heights, which are, again, you know, a lower income area, um, majority non-white census tracts, but there are so many agencies and groups set up there, like City Heights business associations who are helping businesses. And so there you actually see that the loan rate is better. It's still not, you know, the 99% that you see in some North County places, but it's more like 18 or 20% of eligible businesses were able to get loans, which is a big gap from places like Skyline or uh, Imperial Beach, as we mentioned. So I think it's more about being in the individual neighborhood and what are the resources there. And that was KPBS investigative reporter Claire Tregesser speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Maureen Cavanaugh. To use our searchable map to see what areas of San Diego got the most in loans, go to kpbs.org slash ppp. And coming up, enrollment rates have dropped at San Diego's public schools, but for English learner students, enrollment dropped even more. Also, we'll have more information on how the local military is getting vaccinated. All of that next, just after the break.
KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. Public school enrollment is down across the state, but the number of English learner students has dropped even more this past year, both in the state and county. KPBS education reporter Joe Hong has more. The number of English learners enrolled in public school statewide dropped by about 8% this school year, which is the largest drop in the past five years. In San Diego, the drop was even more dramatic at 12%. Experts say the decline can be largely explained by economic conditions that have been worsened by the pandemic. Students whose first language isn't English are more likely to come from low-income families who were hit hard during the pandemic year. Jorge Cuevas Antion is the district advisor for curriculum and instruction at the San Diego County Office of Education. There are a lot of folks who are being priced out. Uh, rents are still not affordable or controllable. Uh, I know there are uh, research pieces out there on affordability in the country showing that our region of the of the state of the country is one of the most unaffordable for people who are working class or the working poor. Among large San Diego County districts, the Chula Vista Elementary School District had the greatest drop in English learner enrollment. Overall enrollment dropped by about 3% at the district, while English learner enrollment dropped by about 19%. One reason for the big drop in Chula Vista could be that more students have mastered the language and no longer qualify as English learners, but others may have just fallen through the cracks, especially during the pandemic. Lelaine Perez is the district's executive director for English learners. Now this year, um, not only in our school district, but across the nation, registration process occurred online. And so there are a lot of different challenges that could uh, impede uh, how, um, you know, we accurately can identify those English learners. Educators across the county agree that while the number of English learners is smaller, they'll need extra attention to recover academically after a year of distance learning. And that was KPBS education reporter Joe Hong. For the first time, we're hearing about the vaccination progress for local military members. KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman says with such a large military population, knowing how many of them and their families have been vaccinated is critical to reaching herd immunity. According to data from the Navy, around 60% of San Diego's military population have gotten at least one dose of the vaccine. New numbers showing a combined 66,000 Marines and sailors have rolled up their sleeves so far. The Department of Defense is not used to giving up their their information. Some of it is sensitive. Congressman Scott Peters representing San Diego helped get access to this and other federal data as local health officials are trying to get the most accurate picture of vaccination progress here. But the county had a problem because there's so many military people. So we got a call from uh, the chairman, Nathan Fletcher, uh, who said, you know, we need that data. Peter says between active duty, dependents, and other Department of Defense retirees, there are around 328,000 San Diegans who get their health care from a DOD provider. We need those counts to be able to decide how the whole county is doing. Peters got the data, and out of the more than 300,000 DOD beneficiaries in San Diego, 29% have gotten at least one dose, while 19% are fully vaccinated. Those numbers are lower when compared to just active duty, but some may have gotten shots outside of federal facilities. There's probably a lot of Department of Defense active duty or dependents who probably went to a county site 
um, you know, or they may get it, get it through the DOD. It really doesn't matter where you get it. County Supervisor Nathan Fletcher spearheaded the effort to get both DOD and Veterans Affair vaccination data added to county totals. So we can really track where we are on the progress towards our goals. As of this week, the VA has vaccinated around 70,000 San Diegans, but Fletcher says it will still take some time to get the military's numbers onto the county's vaccination dashboard. To date, the, the numbers that reflect reflect all of those administered by healthcare providers, County of San Diego, pretty much everyone except DOD. Military officials have also committed to updating local health officials on vaccination progress on a regular basis. And that was KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman. And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu.